Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of the Sarah Has Things to Say podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McCallion, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited that we made it to episode 10. I was saying in my last episode, I can't believe we made it here, and I know it's a small milestone for some, but for me, it's a big deal. Today's episode is something I didn't think I was going to talk about this soon. And as you'll notice for most of my episodes, I've kind of spoke chronologically around, you know, like things in my early 20s that kind of led me to becoming a mom, led me to my single mom life and into now. Today's topic is going to be about ego death. I'm going to get to what ego death is and how it happened and how it played out in my life. So this episode today is going to be about ego death and I'm going to explain to you guys what that is as we go along. I'm going to explain what ego death is and how it played out in my life as we go along. But first I'm going to talk about sort of what happened over the last year in my life and then what led to my personal ego death, which I feel I have, well, which I know happened and which I know experienced. And then I... And I guess mainly I didn't think I was going to get into this this soon. And here's why, because this is what basically led to the growth of the podcast. This, these incidents, these events, this whole experience that I had in the last year of my life is what led to this podcast. So I didn't think I was going to get there this soon. I thought maybe I would have other topics, but it felt really burning today. I mean, in society, a lot's going on where in my brain, I just keep saying out loud, like the world needs an ego death. The world needs to stop with what it's doing. The world needs to like slow down and figure out why the hell it's doing what it's doing. And without getting into all that, it's just like it became present for me this week that I was like, no, this is the topic that I need to have on the roster today. I'm getting over a cold, so my voice is a bit off, but that's okay. You guys will bear with me. This year taught me some of the hardest lessons I've had to learn in my life this far. I have been through some things. I've been through some difficult challenges, but I don't think ever at a time in my life did I feel like I hit rock bottom until this year. And so while I won't go into too much detail about all the events that happen because I think some of them specifically need their own episode. I'm specifically going to go into what happened and how it led to this experience of me having this perceived ego death. So, and then rebirth. So with an ego death comes a rebirth. And that's the most beautiful part about it is that if I could have told you nine months ago that I'd be here right now recording these podcast episodes and feeling the way that I feel, I would have not even believed it myself. And so I'm proud of that. I'm proud that you guys get to follow me along on my Instagram and see like everything I post has significant meanings to me. Everything that I talk about is significant to me, but it also is just making me realize the more I share about this past year, the more my experiences come out in my reels and my, you know, on my Instagram through sharing, the more relatability it has, the more people are coming forward, the more people are asking me for advice, the more people are just connecting with me. And so it felt time that, okay, we're going to talk about this a little bit more. So what I really want to focus in on though, is that how this year really made me realize the connectedness of our mind, our body, our mental health, our physical health, and just how that all plays into our spiritual health. And when I'm talking about spirituality, I'm not necessarily talking about religion, but I'm talking about like our own connection with the world, the universe our own connection with God, our God, whatever God we believe in, and just how it can't, one can't function well without the other. When people want to dismiss mental health concerns, dismiss how it affects our physical health concerns, it's it's absolutely invalid. Like our mind affects our body, our body affects our mind. I learned pretty young that, you know, what was going on in my brain impacted my physical symptoms. Like if I was having anxiety, which is in my brain, how often it would come out in a physical way, like with stomach pain or, you know, different physical symptoms. Like for some people it might be throwing up, for other people it might be digestive things. The list goes on, headaches. But essentially... This year, I really was able to feel on a very deep level the fact that my mind, my body, my spiritual health, it all is connected and it's transformed throughout the last couple months. And so, you know, I can't wait to share with you what's gone on, but I hope that some of you will be able to relate. And if you can, and or if you can't, definitely share it with someone you feel can. 
So to start off, like what is the ego? Most of you guys know, have learned about this, have heard about it, but it's basically like the I. It's it's our sense of self, it's our sense of self-worth, and it's how we perceive ourselves. So our ego is like, I'm this person, I'm this, I'm good, I'm bad, I'm, you know, and it really talks about who we believe we are. And so when we have an ego death, what happens in that process is that we lose sight and we lose the essence of what we believed we were or who we were describing or telling ourselves we were. So it goes to nothing. We lose it completely. And so I won't get into it too much right now, but I'll get to it. But basically for me, what had happened over the last year is everything I thought about myself, every single thing that I believed to be true about myself. If I was like on this train and this train wasn't stopping, that train stopped at full speed and crashed and burned and I was in a place where there was no more I there was no more how I saw myself everything I thought to be true about myself I no longer believed in and so it really caused me to be put in a position where I had to reframe and reshape then my future my life and what I believed in and while that was really challenging and I'm telling you put me in the worst place I've ever been in my entire life it rebirthed this person that I can now speak about in a way that you know I'm proud of and while I wish I didn't have to go through some of the things I went through and while I won't get into all the details of it today I'm glad now to some extent that it all happened the way that it did because I now get to feel and be where I'm at now and I'm grateful for that and the gratitude that I'm experiencing more on a day-to-day basis and the amount of times I wake up in the morning and just say like I'm so lucky is profound like I never lived like that or I never lived like that to this extent like maybe I had felt it at different times in my life maybe I felt like I'd gone through like spiritual growth at different times but not like this and not in this way so where did this kind of start so I've talked a little bit with you guys about like different times in my life, different periods in my early 20s, certain things that I've had experienced. For me, this whole experience, I'm going to date back to when I first became a single mom. So here's why. Because when I first became a single mom, for me, I wouldn't necessarily say that I felt in that time that I was like particularly suffering. While I went through a really challenging time, it was really hard to separate from my children's father. It was really difficult to then live on my own with my kids and like, you know, develop this new grounding for myself and develop this new life on one hand I actually was doing pretty well so for instance I had worked all through my 20s to you know buy a house and you know when I got with my children's dad and we bought the house that we had when we separated and sold the house we made a lot of money from it so I was able in my first experience to see like okay what the impacts of real estate the impacts of like oh buying and selling and so when I became a single mom it wasn't like I was in a position where I was in like a deficit like actually I was doing the best I had ever been financially and so that supported me in having time I would say to really and having the money and the resources to actually take care of myself for the first time in my life and I had never done that before I'd never really taken a step back and put effort into myself so during that time while I was becoming a single mom and developing my grounding as a parent I was also really gaining this immense sense of clarity with like self-love and self-care so I put all of my time and energy into just making sure that I was good so that my kids could be good. While I had a lot of things I had to work through, a lot of insecurities around being a single mom and a lot of insecurities around parenting on my own because at that time, that's the way that it was. I was also like, you know what? I'm not going to say to myself that I'm a victim. I'm not going to victimize myself. I'm going to still give my kids the life that I still feel like they deserve. And I've worked hard. I worked hard for the home that I bought and I worked hard to be in this position. And so I felt like I deserved some certain level of care towards myself. I felt like I deserved what I was doing for myself. I deserved to care for myself, love myself. And so that way my kids in turn could feel happy and they could feel well taken care of. So basically what had happened is, you know, the first year after I separated with my kid's dad, I had really put a lot of my time in my 
my energy into just like focusing on work, focusing on my kids, making sure that we were good. You know, we had gone through that whole situation I spoke about in episode three with the whole condo that I moved to. It had cockroaches. It was a disaster. I had moved out of that condo. I'd found myself this like safe haven of a place for me and my kids. And I was really starting fresh. I was doing pretty well. Like I said, I was able to take the time and I had the money to take care of myself, take care of my kids really well. And so a lot of people say when they get separated or they're, they first become single moms, like the biggest stressor is their finances. And so for me at that time, I, like I was saying, like it was the best I had ever been financially. I had savings, I had investments, I had done this, I had done that. I was working really hard throughout my twenties to build a life for myself. And so I felt proud that, okay, even though now I'm a single mom, I know that I can still take care of myself and I'm not going to be dependent on somebody. And I know my kids will still be good. And so while spending a lot of time healing from the separation, healing as, you know, a single mom, trying to develop some level of um, understanding for who I was, I became somebody that I was proud of. I was good. I felt good about my mental health. I, you know, wasn't struggling as much with depression or anxiety. I was feeling really calm. I was working out. I was doing yoga. I was doing all these things that really helped my mental health. And I was, I felt like a really good mom and I felt like I was doing really good by my kids. And what had happened was I had met somebody and I started a relationship. So the relationship that I started, um, first after becoming a single mom, you know, I had dated a little bit here and there. I had gone on dates with different guys, but for me, this particular situation was significant because when I met this person, I saw something in them that I did not have in myself. I saw this ambitious guy. I saw this person that worked really hard who was also a single parent, who was like hustling for his kids and doing really well. Like I had that drive inside me, but I'd never really played out. Like I'd always chosen like a a safe path, like a safe career. I was doing well in nursing. I had just started my photography business, but I was just learning about business and learning how to manage a business. But in that relationship, I saw these qualities about a person. I was like, okay, I feel like in this relationship, I'll be able to learn so much from this person, develop these qualities that will help me propel and accelerate my life in a certain way. And when I started this relationship, him and I really just jumped on the same page of like, we want to like build businesses. We want to build, you know, a future. We want to grow. And like, you know, I was already understanding a lot of depth to business. I was understanding how, you know, real estate could play out, how I could buy something, sell it and make money from it. So within about a year, year of meeting this guy and dating him you know we had I had the money you know to go on trips we were going here we were going there I was living a life that I finally felt like okay if I had lived safe and careful my entire life up until now I was finally doing what was best for me and having fun and really allowing myself to enjoy myself and for me that helped because I felt like I was happy I was flourishing and I was building this identity around not just this relationship but around the person I was becoming and that was going to be this single mom who was taking care of her kids and building a life for my kids and making sure that generationally that they were going to be solid I was so afraid that if I became a single mom and when I became a single mom that my kids would suffer financially that I might not be able to set things up for my kids future that alone I wouldn't be able to have the same resources or accessibility to things that I would have had if I had stayed with my partner and things like that. So in this relationship, I was able to like reinstill this growth in myself. Um, I was able to start hustling again and like really feeling like I was doing right by my kids. And so like I was saying, like my partner and I at that time, we were traveling, we were doing this, we were doing that. We were like talking about investing. We were talking about this. Like we had just, we were on this train, like I was saying, and it was going and it was going fast and it wasn't stopping. And so within a year we were, you know, going to Paris, we were going to Greece, we're going here, we're going to Tulum, we're going to this, you know, we're doing all these 
really fun things together. And it made me realize that, okay, like with a certain amount of resources, with a certain amount of money, I could do this for my kids. Like my kids and I will be traveling to Europe every year. My kids will be set when they need money. My kids will be set when they are teenagers, you know, and I will set my kids up for a life generationally that they will be okay. And I won't ever have to feel guilty that because I became a single mom, my kids would have suffered or something like that, because that's all I see. We see all these single moms struggling financially. And so it put me in a position where I was like, okay, like how do I, you know, advance myself? How do I grow? How do I become better? And so within a year, you know, I had, we were doing all these fun things. I was thinking like, okay, how can I make this part of my future, a part of my life and not just let's say in this relationship, but like for my kids, like I want this lifestyle for my kids and I want my kids to, you know, see the world the way that I had already been seeing it. And in a way that like they could see that there's way more outside of this like little box that we're in like there's so much to life and I didn't want to like shelter them or make them think that like you know there's not options out there if they wanted to do whatever it is that they want to do so you know within a year I had bought a condo that I was running as an Airbnb and so like within such a short period of time I went from being like Sarah this person who was healing and becoming a single mom and developing as a single mom who was also working as a nurse running her photography business to Sarah who's now like Sarah who's still nursing, Sarah who's running a photography business, Sarah who just bought a condo, using it as an investment property, making a lot of money with their Airbnb, um, you know, traveling, enjoying life and thinking about, okay, what can I do next to advance myself to make sure that I can make more money? And so last year, within the last six months of last year, I was working, like I was saying, I was working, I was running my business, I was running the Airbnb and then I started my real estate license. So basically what was happening last year from June to December is I decided to start my real estate education. I was being a parent to my two children on my own, single parenting, working as a nurse full time, running my photography business, running my Airbnb, and just totally overworking myself. I had so much on my plate. But in my head, I just kept telling myself, you know, this is a short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain. And if I just hustle right now and get through all these things, then, you know, it'll, there'll be a long-term benefit to it. And I'll have different ways to make more money or different resources and different experiences that will connect me to different people. So while doing that, I somehow made it through. I was somehow was managing. I wasn't, you know, overly stressed. I wasn't crying every day. I was just hustling and I just had this goal. I had this dream in mind. I had this vision and I just saw myself being in five years from now in this way better position while I enjoyed my nursing income, while I thought, okay, I'm doing pretty well as an, a human being. Like I, I did well for myself. I wanted more. And I just kept thinking, I want more for my kids. I want more for my life. And while sometimes that's a good thing. On another hand, when you're just constantly wanting more and more and more and more, you become addicted to this next high. You become addicted to this next thrill that you could get out of life. And, you know, while we should strive for more in our lives, while we should believe that we're worthy of more and worthy of better or worthy of good, it's also important to take a step back and be like, do I appreciate what I have right now? Am I even looking at my life and am I even grateful for the fact that I have my health? I have these two beautiful children. I have, you know, all of these things that I've created for myself already without the need for more, more, more. And, um, you know, while there is some greed with that, there's a big level of ego with that. So while I was in this relationship and seeing all these qualities with my partner, like his ambition, his drive, you know, the way he was doing really well in his own business and like wanting that for myself, I noticed I was becoming was like, in my masculine. I just wanted to be like him. Like I wanted, you know, what he was doing for himself for myself so that I could feel in my own egoic state that like, I'm the man, I'm doing good. I'm bringing in the money. I'm hustling for my kids. And while in this state, I was becoming somebody that was different, 
not necessarily somebody I wasn't proud of. I was super proud of myself because I felt like, oh, I'm working so hard. I'm working so hard for this greater good for my children. I was so out of my feminine energy. Like I felt like a feminine woman, but like this feminine hustler, boss lady, like running all these different things, but like also recognizing that there was a big part of that, which is like being the provider that I was not used to. Like I wasn't used to this idea that I was going to have to be the provider for my entire family. And while like a part of me just felt I had no other choice, I could see how far away I was from my feminine energy. I could see how far away I was from the woman that I used to be, from that nurturing self. I was like really driven by the idea of making more money, by making sure my kids are solved, which is all so, so, so important, but not typically the role of a woman in a household. And you know, not typically the role of like the women in the households I've seen. Like I've always seen men as being the providers, you know, especially husbands, things like that. Like traditionally I saw that. So I thought in my mind that was the man's job. And while we see so many women doing it respectfully, successfully, I just felt like there was a part of me that I was losing. Like I was losing this femininity that I really loved about myself. And in the relationship that I was in, I was also out of my feminine because in that dynamic, I was still being a hustler and still being this like man of my house, but I was also in a relationship with a man who, you know, also had this, like, I also had this idea that like he would protect me. He would look out for me. He would take care of me and I would take care of him vice versa, but it didn't end up working out that way. And like the moment you're out of your feminine energy, it's really hard to get back into it, especially when you have a dynamic in a relationship where you're out of it. So I was definitely out of my feminine energy while I felt like this hustler. I felt really proud of myself. I felt proud of the money I was making and what I would potentially be setting up for my kids. I didn't realize at the time my train was on the process of derailing, I had no idea that was happening. Like if I had, like I, like I said, if I was able to tell you right now I'd be here, I wouldn't have believed that. I thought that at this moment right now I was going to be in a totally different position because of all the plans that I was making in my own head and the plans that I was making in my relationship and things like that. So while I look at this situation as like, I needed to learn things from this situation, there was also a part of it where like, it was really important for me to know that I can be somebody who values myself, who sees myself worth, who believes I'm deserving of good things. And, you know, I could see where in previous times in my life, those things were not there. The self-love wasn't there. The self-respect wasn't there. And when I developed those in my, in my own identity prior to meeting this guy and prior to starting this relationship, I had this baseline for it, but it wasn't fully healed. And, you know, while they say sometimes like you can start a relationship with somebody when you're not fully healed and it can work out, I think sometimes it can't and sometimes it doesn't. And in this case, it didn't. In this case, that relationship came to a roaring halt. Um, there was some specific instance that happened that I won't specifically get into today. But while I was on this path, on this journey, thinking that everything was going to go a certain way and being so obsessed with the outcome, being so obsessed that by the end of this, I was going to be doing this, going to be doing that going to be traveling with my kids, you know, once, twice per year, going to be making this life for my kids that I didn't think previously I was going to be able to do. I lost a whole part of my, you know, meaning and purpose. And um, when my train came to a roaring halt, I felt like I had lost everything about myself. And maybe to some, like this is going to be super dramatic and maybe I am being, maybe parts of it was a little dramatic, but the path I was on came to a complete stop and I had no idea how to pick myself up from it. I had no idea how to get myself back together. I had no idea how to, you know, be okay with the new information that I had, with the new life that I had had, with the experiences that I was now experiencing. I could not 
accepted and I could not cope with it. And that's paramount is the fact that I couldn't cope for the first time in my life. The person that I believed I was the strong person. I believed I was the go-getter, the hustler, the person that was never going to give up. I genuinely felt like I was going to give up on myself. And during that period of time between, I would say February and April this year, which is when it was the hardest for me, I had to take a step back from majority of my responsibilities. Like there was even a period of time where I had to stop working. I had to take a, a time away from, you know, other responsibilities that I had going on. I took a large step back from my photography business and I wasn't taking as many clients because I just knew that it was like I needed the time away. There were certain days during those months. And this is, I know that this is a shared experience. I know that people experience this all the time. For me, this is not something I had personally experienced within my journey as having of having depression and anxiety. I had never been somebody who allowed themselves to ever just like be in bed all day crying and being upset. Like that was not someone I associated myself with. And because I would have not been proud of myself or I would have felt like I wasn't productive had I let myself ever do that in the past. This time around, it was almost like I couldn't function. I couldn't get out of bed. I, I you know, the, the best thing that I was doing was getting up, getting my kids to school and going back home and then just like being really, really, really devastated and heartbroken and hurt. And in this place that I had never seen myself, like I couldn't talk to my family. I couldn't talk to my friends. I was trying. They didn't know how to help me. If I could look back at that time right now, I can look at my mom and my dad and like them looking at me being like, who is my daughter? Like, who is this woman? Like we have never seen her this way. We have never seen her in a position where like a relationship has got to her this much. We've never seen her in a position where we don't know if she's going to be okay. And they didn't know how to help me. And so majority of the time in healing from this situation that had happened, I isolated myself from a lot of people. I isolated myself from my friends, my family. I wasn't able to talk about it until recently. And so I, I didn't think I was going to bring this on the podcast this soon, but I was like, you know what? Screw it. This is what it is. This is my life. I'm no longer ashamed of it. I'm no longer ashamed of what had happened. And I feel like I'm in a place where I'm like, this is only going to help me heal. And it's only going to help other people understand that they're not alone. So during that time, I was really struggling. I really wanted to give up on myself. And there's always been this voice in my head that's just like, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up. But the way that I felt, you know, it wasn't congruent with not giving up. Like I could not stop crying. I was crying every single day. I was like an emotional wreck. I could not accept that this life that I had planned over the last two years, this identity that I had built on, you know, being strong, being an independent woman, being a hustler, being someone that was doing really well for themselves. I couldn't accept that maybe this was no longer going to be me. And while that's not the case, because now I've picked myself up from the situation a lot, the main problem was that I thought that it was the relationship ending that was going to kill me, but it wasn't even that at all. It was the fact that like with the relationship ending, it became a catalyst to all of these unhealed wounds that I thought I had worked on a little bit, but I actually hadn't. I had so many unhealed childhood traumas, unhealed like traumas that I, you know, I had spoke about in therapy, I'd spoke about, but I didn't realize so much of my lifelong symptoms of anxiety and depression were not just anxiety and depression. It was complex trauma. There was a lot of trauma that I hadn't resolved. And because of the unresolved trauma, it was coming out in physical symptoms, anxiety, depression, mood, things like that. So I had to really take a step back and decide like, okay, if I'm going to get over and I'm going to move through what's happening to me right now, I have to face 
all of these parts of myself that I'm not okay with head on. And so I got a therapist, I got a new therapist because I'd had somebody that I was working with, but she recommended EMDR. So at that time, that's when I started doing EMDR, which I talked about before. I started doing EMDR, which is a therapy that um, reworks trauma in your brain. So basically you focus in on some of the traumas that you've had. And by doing these eye desensitization techniques, your brain is kind of able to rewire where the trauma goes. And so instead of it going to a place of like depression, sadness, anger, you kind of find a level of peace with it. And so I started doing that and it significantly helped me. But not only that, it just made me realize that like we have these relationships and while we think that maybe they are helping us, they are actually like catalysts for like other big meaningful experiences that we're supposed to have. So for me, my partner and I that I was dating, we were on this track together. We were on this path of like developing a life, developing a future, you know, planning how we're going to work out financially, planning how I'm going to grow financially. And within it all, I lost a, a huge part of myself, a huge part of the person that I was before. And that was like that feminine who is nurturing, who's caring, who does care for her kids in a certain way. And while I still was doing that, it was different. I wasn't necessarily taking as much time for my kids. I was so preoccupied with advancing that it was it was like taking away from my time with my children obviously because I was in school I was studying I was you know managing all these different things I just had way too much on my plate and I wasn't even willing to slow it down so the universe God slowed it down for me and it came to an absolute halt where I had to really realize like what am I taking forward with me like what responsibilities am I taking forward with me and obviously what's paramount is my responsibilities to my kids and being with my kids and nurturing them and loving them and being maternal and the incident that happened really put me back in a place where I was like, what do I want as a mom? What do I want as a mother, a human, a woman? It wasn't that. Like it wasn't me being so driven by my masculine energy, being a hustler, being the man of my house. I didn't want to be a man. I didn't want to. So it made it really hard for me to be like, why am I doing this then? Why am I on this path? Why am I, you know, I'm doing it for my kids, which is not a bad thing, but like, I'm not in my feminine where I feel like I'm nurturing them in a way that a mother would. I wasn't cooking for them anymore the same way. I wasn't like, you know, my kids love my cooking. Every Sunday years before and years into this relationship, every Sunday was like sauce day. I would make sauce, make fresh pasta. That was like their favorite day. They would watch me do it. They would involve themselves in it. And like at the end of the day, we'd either make lasagna or whatever it is that we would make. It was like a thing that we just did every Sunday. And I wasn't doing that anymore. And it's something so small. But since this whole transition happened, I started doing it again. And I realized like my kids weren't seeing me cook. My kids weren't seeing me around the house being the mom They were seeing me be the dad who's never there. And I didn't like that part about my life. And I wasn't happy with it. I wasn't really proud of it. But I also had no choice. As a single mom, I didn't have a choice. And I also didn't have a partner that was willing to step in and be my partner in a masculine sense. And that's just the reality that I had to face is that I didn't meet somebody at that time who wanted me to be the feminine and be, you know, embellish in my feminine energy. What they wanted was a partner in masculinity and that's not who I could be anymore. And while it's gotten me to a place where I see how much more successful I am, I'm making way more money. I had to really be like, okay, like I can't, it can't be full fledged in that masculine energy or I'm going to lose the femininity and I'm not going to be teaching my kids any longer that what a mother does. I'm, and that's not a bad thing. I'm going to be teaching them what a dad does, which they need to learn somehow, but just so confusing and so many things going on conflicting. So 
I was in this huge identity crisis. I didn't really know what I wanted anymore. I was like, I still want to be the mom that, you know, bakes with my kids, that does things with them that like they can still see me as like mom, not dad. And so throughout this healing journey, I've realized it's changed what I want about my life. It's changed what I want about my relationships. While I thought I wanted one thing, I realized I didn't want that anymore. And that's helped me a lot. So in this process, it, it changed what I wanted. The thing is though, is that I wasn't going to stop myself. Like if this relationship had continued and my life with this person continued, the path that I was on wasn't going to stop. So the forces at play that were not me stopping it were the forces that redirected my entire life now. And I'm not mad at it at all. God came in, the universe came in and was like, if you're not going to see how if you keep going down this path is going to harm you, we're going to show you. And I'm going to take this away from you. So it took the relationship away from me, which in turn devastated me. It broke my heart, the heart that I had at that time. And I was in a place where I was like, ew, who is this person? I was for the first time in my life. And I'm not kidding you. If you know me, if you dated me, if you've ever been with me, you know, I've never begged. I don't beg in this situation in my life. I was begging for this relationship to work, begging in the most desperate of senses, in the most embarrassing of ways. I was begging for something from somebody that it was like, it wasn't going to work. All of the universe was like, this man is not for you. And we are going to take him away from you because this is not healthy anymore. And I couldn't, I was not listening. I was like, no, if my parents had like put me in a room and locked me up and said like, you're not leaving this room and you're not being with my man, this man, I would have found myself a way out of that room. Like I would not listen to anybody. Everybody could see that I needed like to shift my life a little bit. Everyone could see that like things had changed for me in a different way. And Um, I didn't want to see it for myself. And so it caused me a lot of suffering. I, like I was saying, I was spending every day crying. I was spending every day just being really upset, really hard on myself. And the most I was doing for a certain period of time was just taking care of my kids. And like that for me was not who I was. I could do more. And I'm, I was capable of managing everything I was managing last year. So I was like, this is not me. I need to, you know, figure out how I can get back on track with who I am, but also it be in line with like my feminine energy and being proud of myself and also showing my kids who a mom is and not just who this mom dad version is of myself. So in the end, what I realized through therapy and what I realized in this last, you know, few months is that that relationship and that life and that ego that I was being driven by that I hadn't ever had before. Like I hadn't really had this inflated sense of my identity or myself. Like I felt like I was on top of the world. I felt like with this individual, like we could do and we could basically take over the world. Like I felt like him and I were like this force and um, together we could do anything that we wanted. And so in that is where my ego death happened because I lost the relationship. I lost the identity that I had with this person and I lost that ego that was associated with that. And so if you, if you have never experienced an ego death and you don't really know what it is, this is something that people actually like wish to experience. Like some people use drugs and different types of therapies and different type of like, like even like psychedelics, like they try to do different experiences so that they can actually go through an ego death because they no longer want to be the person that's being driven by their ego. They no longer want to live this life of this ego that makes decisions for them. They want to be more connected to not only their selves, but the universe. And so The ego death is where we are like releasing our attachment to our sense of self. It can be extremely frightening. It can also be euphoric for some people. For me, it, what I felt was terrifying. It can feel like we're losing our identity. Ego death is a necessary part of spiritual growth. So if you are a spiritual person and you have ever been on like the spiritual journey with yourself and you want to be more connected to yourself, the universe, God, you know, whatever the case may be for you, it's necessary and beneficial because once it happens, 
you just start to feel more connected with yourself. You start to feel more connected with the universe. And the thing is, it's like you feel connected to everything. You feel more connected to animals. You feel more connected to nature. You feel more connected to yourself, the people around you. And it really owns it on like, even I was talking about this in my last episode, it's just like we are so driven by attachment, by ego, all these things that are not like genuine and pure. And so I had learned, I had like heard this quote to you before it's called like, it goes like attached to nothing connected to everything. And so when we take away our attachment to things, we experience so much less suffering because we can live more freely and more connected to a world where we release control. And I could not release control at that time. I was begging for this relationship. I was begging for this life that I wanted. I was begging for things not to change, not realizing that I had the power to reshape my life still have a lot of the components that I was being driven by, still have a lot of the components that I wanted, but it didn't have to be with this person and it could be on my own still. And I could still experience this feminine energy that I hadn't had in a long time on my own without the masculine, you know? And while I know that, and while I knew at that time, like I thought like, well, I don't want to be with anybody. I don't want to have a new relationship after this. I felt like I was like going to be closed off to love and relationships like, while I thought that at that time, I've realized now that like, it's a good thing that that ended. It's a good thing that now I'm in a position where I realize like who I want is not going to be somebody that p- forces me into like a, a masculine energy and not that I was being forced, but the influences were definitely leading me down a path where I like lost that maternal aspect of myself that I, I still am connected to so deeply and want and want my kids to see as they get older. So In this, I feel like I was able to become and relive and like rebirth the person that is so connected to the world and so connected to myself that I can listen to myself. I'm listening to my intuition. I'm listening to the voices in my head. When I say that I was having physical symptoms of anxiety and depression throughout these trauma responses that I was having during that most acute time, this had never happened for me at all. I was getting so much anxiety during the breakup, during the, um, you know, period right following where I was throwing up constantly. I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought like something physically was wrong with me. I was like going to the doctor being like, something's wrong, blah, blah. I had heard so many people experiencing anxiety in the past where they had thrown up or they had all these physical symptoms. While I've had that, I never had the throwing up. And the moment I released control of this situation and accepted that this was no longer my reality and I'm going to have a new reality, the anxiety stopped. The throwing up stopped. I felt more connected to the universe. I felt more connected to myself. I felt calm. I felt at peace. I'm going to tell you something that happened during this period of time. And it's a small example. And I know for some people who hunt and like do deer hunting and all this kind of stuff, they're not going to care about this. But for me, this is super significant. So during this time where I decided like I was going to release control, I, I was in my ego death. My ego was gone. I was accepting that I was not okay. I was letting everyone know I was not okay. I had taken a step back from work. I had told everybody around me that like, I'm not good, but I'm not ready to talk about it. And I was still doing different things. I was still starting the podcast. You know, I was still on this journey to developing the podcast. I took a step back from the things that were really causing me a lot of stress and anxiety, which was mental health nursing, which was like certain parts of real estate, certain parts of developing my identity in real estate. And I just really went back to myself. I started focusing back on myself, on my healing, my mental health, my spiritual growth, my emotional health, my mental health, my physical health. And in turn, it's, I haven't felt this calm in, in my whole life ever. Like I've never been at this, at this much peace with myself. I've never been able to my listen to myself so strongly. So what happened with the deer thing is I, a couple of weekends ago, like early into September and throughout the months of 
May to August, all of a sudden I felt so connected to the universe. Like I was getting all of these signs, like all these signs were happening that like I was on the right path. I was getting all these like angel numbers coming through. I was constantly seeing 444. I was constantly seeing 555. I felt so protected and so safe. I don't even know how to describe it. And it wasn't because anyone was coming in and doing that for me. It was literally like, I felt safe within myself. I was creating this new safety. I was creating this new trust for myself that I was going to be okay. And things were going to be okay for me, even though I was at rock bottom. And I went with a friend. We took this road trip to New York on this one weekend. And while we were on the road trip, we hit like a little bit of a country road and we saw these two deers. And if you guys know deers, you know that obviously they get they're easily frightened. So usually, you know, you only see deers for a period of time. If you're able to be quiet around them, then they'll stay. But if they hear you, if you startle them, they'll run off. So we were driving up the road. They These deers heard the car. We drive up on this road. We stop. These deers just stopped and were staring at me. So I get out of the car. I took a video of the deers. The deers are staring me dead in the eye. And I was like, why are they doing this? Like, why do they trust me so much? And it was this epitome of like, connected to everything attached to nothing the universe felt connected to me i felt connected to the universe these deers i don't care what anyone says i don't care how crazy you guys think i am like these deers felt safe in that moment even though i scared them with my car even though i got out of the car got closer to them took a video of them they stood there and stared for probably like a whole like three or four minutes and we were just like that is so beautiful because while someone would have taken that deer opportunity and like hunted it I was just like, something in this universe is telling me that like, everything's going to be fine. And I know it's such a stupid example, but for me in that moment, I was like, this is going to be like transformative for me. I feel safe no matter what happens. I'm trusting the universe. I'm trusting myself. And I'm trusting that while I had this whole vision for my life and I had all these ideas about what I wanted and how I wanted things to be, I was no longer attached to that. I was no longer attached to that person that I had that with. I was no longer attached to this um, idea that like, I had to become this masculine woman in order to be successful. I now know in my femininity, in my feminine energy, I will still be successful. I will still run my businesses. I will still take care of my kids in the way that I want to. And I don't have to be so deep in my masculine energy where I've lost my femininity and I've lost this person that I really love and like nurture and care about. So super eye-opening experience. Um, This whole year has been so transformative. I you know, can't believe certain things that have happened since releasing control, releasing attachments. I can't believe some of the experiences that I've been able to have in the last few months that, you know, will come on the podcast eventually. Like I'm definitely chronological in how I talk about my stories and how it relates to my mental health. But, you know, when I'm able to share those things, it's going to all make sense for you guys. The whole thing about the ego death though, is that if you feel like you're making so many of your decisions driven by your ego, this idea that you have to be a certain way or like you are this certain way, but you're not like connected to, you're not happy with it. It might be a good sign that you need that. And although you might not get forced into it the way that I was, if it happens for you where you do experience an ego death, you're going to know. And I'm going to tell you why. So, so some of the signs that you're experiencing ego death, maybe you're experiencing it right now and you don't even know about it, but your sense of being will no longer feel distinct from the world. You may feel as though you are connected to the universe now, all of a sudden, and you might feel like you are connected to all human life and human beings where you weren't like before. All of a sudden, the universe is going to start speaking to you. You're listening. And all of a sudden, you know, you're going to start seeing signs and actually listening to the signs. Like if we want signs, they're there. We just ignore them so often. And all of a sudden, you're going to hear yourself and you're going to listen to your intuition. You're going to listen to yourself. You're going to stop listening to all the noise around you, the people around you. Our energy is so powerful. Like the, the energy of other people is so powerful. It's so powerful that when you're connected to the universe and you're connected to things, you can feel the shifts in your energy immediately. Like if you have someone in your presence that has like bad intentions for you, you're going to know right away. I have can't tell you how many times in the last like three, four months that I was around people and I was like, 
They are draining my energy. I feel exhausted. I feel sick. And it's like, right. That's that person. They might not have good intentions for me. And while before I would have been like, well, whatever, it's probably just me being crazy. Now I'm actually listening to that and saying to myself, like, you know what, if, if that person's causing that much of a disruption in my environment, my home, my emotions, my energy, like they're no longer going to be taking up that space in my life. So while when you have an ego death, it's super traumatic and you might feel horrible for a certain period of time. Like I did, I was devastated for a period of time because I didn't know how to accept and cope with this new sense of life. It's really good for you. And it allows you to realize that we can't keep making decisions off of like money. Let's say like, you know, these egoic things of money circulating our life, masculine energy that can be toxic, you know, like there's all this toxic femininity. There's also toxic masculinity. And we need to be making decisions off of like what's healthy for us, what's good for our mental health, what's good for our physical health. And during that time, I was just obviously running myself sick and I didn't realize it until it came to a stop. And then I was like, oh, thank God this happened because if it didn't, I wasn't going to stop myself. And I don't even know where I'd be right now if I kept going on that train because Lord only knows it was not heading in a good direction. So where I want to end off in this podcast is just, I want to let you guys know, especially in times of like difficulty, in times of, you know, sometimes we're living life and things are just going good for us. We can't really figure out why we don't really know, you know, to other people, things are going well to other people, we have it all going on and we might even feel like we have it going on. I know for me during that time when I became a single mom, I felt good about myself after I, after certain months where I had like let go of the relationship, I felt good about myself. I felt, you know, like I loved myself again. I was doing well financially. I was doing well in my career. I wasn't really, you know, I just gotten a new job. I, I was really making a lot of changes for myself that were benefiting me and my kids. And I wasn't mad at myself. I didn't feel like a victim, you know, while things were going really, really well, sometimes what we think is good for us is not what we need. Sometimes what we want, the universe will quickly tell us this is not what you need. This is might be what you want. You might want all the thrills of like the money that's coming in, the traveling that's associated with money, the being able to buy yourself certain things. You know, I looked good last year. I felt good about myself. I felt I looked good. I felt I, I you know, I felt good, but I didn't know that what came with all that was going to end up like possibly destroying me. So in all that, I was like, I don't want to be destroyed. I don't want to die. I don't want to lose myself. I don't want to not take care of myself. Like I felt good about myself and it was almost too much. It was almost like the universe is like, settle the hell down. You need to redirect your life. And now I'm like, I'm okay with that. Like I felt like I wasn't going to be okay with it. I felt like I could never rejig the life that I was on or like the path that I was on. And then some reason, somehow that voice in my head was just like, don't give up on yourself. And I know that in a lot of other circumstances, a lot of other people might have had the event that I had had happen and they might not have made it through that situation. Um, they might have given up. The situation might have even got way worse than it was. The situation that I had is the worst thing that probably as I've ever experienced as a human being. Um, I felt I was at rock bottom. I felt like I was never going to recover from that situation. I did not believe in myself that um, what had happened to me was going to make me feel better later. Like I didn't know that now I would feel calm. I would feel at peace with what happened. I would feel like I'm okay. The death of my ego was the rebirth of this humble person who needed a reality check and needed to be brought back down to earth. And I'm so happy that I did because now I know that when I'm experience things again that I feel I'm deserving of or I feel like I worked hard for I'm not going to just crave more of it I'm going to be humble about it I'm going to respect the fact that and appreciate the fact that I got those things because I worked hard for them and I'm not entitled to it 
We're not entitled to anything in this world. We're not entitled to anything that we think we are. And that's our ego. Our ego can sometimes make us think that we're entitled to like people or things, or we feel like we can force things. We feel like we can control things. What I learned this year is you cannot force anything. You can't force anyone to stay with you. You can't force jobs to happen, careers to happen that are not meant for you. I got my real estate license. And while I still believe and hope that things go well for me, if it doesn't, I can't be attached to the outcome anymore. I can't be attached to this idea that it has to be this way. I wanted it so bad that it like literally almost killed me. So I'm like, I don't want to be in a place anymore where I'm forcing anything, not the job, not the money, not the friendships, not the relationships. I want everything to flow peacefully the way that I've now learned it has to. So in this year of learning how to like destruct my ego, go through the pain of losing an identity and a version of myself that I really wanted. I didn't need that person, but I really wanted her. I've now fallen back into a place where I feel peace again with myself. I'm humble again with myself. I'm no longer experiencing the physical symptoms of anxiety and depression the way that I was. I'm getting out of bed again. I'm working again. I'm hustling again. I'm doing it all while matching my feminine energy, while being maternal to my kids again, while slowing down the pace again with my kids, showing them that they can have a good life, they can have fun um, and they can enjoy things, but we don't need to be doing it all the time, everywhere, every day. You know, just taking a step back and appreciating the small things again, that was really hard for me to do for a little while there. Like I had lost all sense of like the small things bringing meaning to me, going for walks, just being with nature, all these things that I had like passed up as not being important, but were previously very important to me. I'm so happy to be reconnected to it again. Even so much so that the love I had for photography was totally taken away from me. When I had started my photography business and doing photography, I loved it. I felt like I was good at it. I felt like I was getting clients, blah, blah, blah. And throughout this past like year, I had totally lost my love and enjoyment for it, where now it's back because I'm back in a place where I'm like, oh, this is what I'm doing because I want it and I enjoy it. It's not because I'm forcing it, forcing the financial outcome of it. Um, you know, money's coming again and it's not being forced. And it's just like, this is what I needed. And I had no idea I needed it until it happened. And I'm so glad I had to go through all those days of crying and like being upset and being miserable because now I know that I'm on a path that's more in line with my spiritual growth, with, with my higher self on a higher vibration, with a higher sense of value, respect towards myself. I know that my standards have changed dramatically, not just of what I accept, but who I am and what I expect from myself. I'll no longer allow a relationship to sort of like influence me in a way that I'm like changing my entire life so that the relationship will work. If the relationship can't work with me being in the life that I'm in, it's probably not the right relationship for me. And so I'm going to end off there. And I hope you guys liked this episode. It was super vulnerable for me to talk about. And um, I hope it uh, it resonates with some of you. And if you haven't experienced an ego death, if you don't even know what that is, I would definitely say go read more about it because it's super interesting. I didn't even know I was going through it until later, until did more work in therapy and figured out that that's what was happening to me. And now that I'm in a more humble place about it, I feel like I can talk about it. But yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, like it, share it, comment, DM me. Until next time, have a good day, guys. <laughs>